Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Amen. It's always an honor and a privilege to uh, connect with y'all. Praise God. I'm so glad that you're uh, listening in, watching. Praise God. How it is you're getting the message. Praise God. We're just grateful that you're connecting with us. Praise the Lord. We're going to kind of jump right back into the Scriptures in uh, Romans chapter 5. Last week uh, started on a message, on a series, I should say talking about reigning in life, praise God. And we talked about reigning as a king last week. Today I'm going to dive into the same text and uh, maybe just draw a little more meat out of it, praise God, today. Uh, hopefully uh, give some clarity on a few things. Today we're going to talk about the gift of righteousness and what that means, praise God. So Romans chapter 5, and let's go to verse 17 again. Of course we could probably read this whole thing and Probably before it's done here, we'll probably almost wish we'd have just read the whole book of Romans. But, but uh, anyway, we're going to kind of just grab pieces of it here and there. So verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Of course, talking about Adam. Okay. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. In other words, bottom line too, kind of saying that what Jesus did was far greater than anything Adam did. Amen. It's just something to think about. Therefore, as through one man's offense, here we go, judgment came to all men. Now, resulting, it said, in condemnation. Okay, so hang on to that today. Uh, came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life, or to mean justified, justification, righteous, righteousness. But sometimes the way to look at the word justified is to look at it as justified, never done it. Amen. That's kind of a way of looking at it. All right. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Okay. Again, kind of going back and forth with Adam and Jesus, what Adam did, what Jesus did. All right. What Adam did, uh, you know, was a serious deal, but what Jesus did was far greater of more power than anything that Adam did, all right? So, uh, verse 19 again, for as, one, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Now, I might come back to that here in a minute. Moreover, the law entered that the offense, okay, might abound. The law entered that offense might abound but where sin abounded, here we go now, grace abounded much more, praise God, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Powerful text, powerful text, praise God. Okay, back up to verse 17. Let's take a look at some of this. Let's define some of this again like we did uh, last week, okay? says that uh, says uh, much more of those who receive uh, abundance of grace and of right and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now uh, let's define it, okay? Uh, when it's talking about here about receiving, it's the Greek word lambano, okay, which means to take hold of. Literally means to grab or to seize or to lay hold of that which has been offered, okay? Which is real key because if we brought out a little bit last week talking about that this isn't something you're trying to earn, something you're trying to do enough good deeds to grab hold of or get it, praise God. This is something that's being offered to you 
And so the idea is if you will just seize and grab hold of what's been offered to you, praise God, then you will begin to succeed and reign in life like you're supposed to, praise God. Now, of course, it says what to grab hold of. Well, it says, the first thing it said, an abundance of grace, okay, which means there's no shortage on grace. When it's talking about this abundance, it's talking about exceeding abundant amount, praise God. But the word grace, again, charis, okay, is the Greek word, which means, you know, a gift, a benefit, favor. These are sometimes words that are used many times. Uh, many take that and then they kind of, uh, you know, they use that in a, as far as defin defining a word when they're going through the scriptures. But when you look in the concordance, it also says this, okay, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in, in the life. In other words, as you're before God, you're receiving that divine or that God influence, which let me define influence for you. Influence means the capacity or the power to produce effects on or in another. It refers to things like impact or to imprint, uh, to influence, okay, is what it's referring to. So when we're talking about a divine imprint, uh, divine uh, influence, a divine uh, imprint, okay, or uh, impact, I should say, impact, praise God. So in other words, as you spend time with Him, that grace, that abundance of grace, Amen. Now comes upon the heart, the core of an individual, and then is reflected in their life. So in other words, it's power. In fact, uh, many times as you go through Scripture, especially through the book of Acts, we see grace referred to as power, okay, as His hand. We see it also, I think it is in 2 Corinthians, referred to as His strength, okay. So when you're talking about grace, it's God's grace, it's God's power, it's God's hand. Praise God, being released, His empowerment upon you, amen, to give you the ability to fit, fulfill what you have to fulfill. Now, I'm going to dive into grace a lot next week, okay? So, um, at least that's the plan. We'll see what happens, but that's the plan. So, I'll kinda, I'm just kind of tossing that out there for right now. We'll definitely get into that a lot deeper. Today, I want to talk about this other thing where it says about, and the gift, you receive the gift of righteousness, okay? which the word righteousness, okay, is a word that means rendered right or right standing with, to, to have right standing with. It refers to things like having rights or having privileges is, is part of that, okay? It also means to be justified, okay? Uh, also is a word equity, okay, making things right, bringing things around right, okay? So these are all synonyms of this word. But literally, when you, as you define righteousness, as you look into righteousness, as you kind of see what, what we're going to see anyway through the book of Romans, that righteousness is about the ability to stand before God without any guilt, without any shame, without any condemnation, praise God, as though sin had never been. Okay, that's why we said justified, which is the same Greek word as, as righteous. Okay, justified, justified, never done it. So as we kind of dive into this today, I'm hoping that that comes alive into you and me, or into all of us, that we start seeing how righteousness, becoming the righteousness of God, takes care of a sin problem. And I'll kind of look at, uh, define that here in a minute. So let's, um, let's finish defining this verse here. So now it goes down and it says you will reign in life. Okay, reign in life is what we really focused on last week. Okay, but it means the rule in dominion, to rule in dominion, if you're, if you're reigning, then you're ruling in dominion. You're taking dominion. You're walking in authority and power. Okay, it means obtain royal power. Okay, you're seeing this royal, kingly thing. It means to exercise kingly influence. All right, to exercise 
kingly, as a king, right, a kingly influence and control. And I, as, uh, as, as I've studied this word out, this word reign, when you get into lexicons, you dive in a little deeper, and you find out, uh, you see some kind of, uh, you know, other definitions that kind of come out, and part of it is the basis and foundation of power. And I thought, when I, when I saw that, it's, it's what really came alive in me, because to me, this is exactly what it is, and we're talking about reigning in life, and we're receiving that abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What happens now, we have the literally the basis and the foundation of power to succeed in life, praise God. So when we talk about reigning in life, that's what he's talking about. It also means, amen, uh, the, uh, here we go, the strength to govern, amen, so having the strength to govern, to do what you have to do, making right choices, decisions, the confidence to win, which is a, a key thing we kind of talked about last week, about having confidence in certain areas of your life, praise God. And it also means stability or to hold sway, stability or to hold sway. Now, this is all with this word. When he's talking about reigning in life, these are the things they're talking about. You know, having the, the strength you need to govern, the, the confidence to win, uh, stability, uh, having that, that basis and that foundation of power, praise God, operating in your dominion, your authority as you're supposed to, praise God, being, in a sense, the king that you're called to be, to rule and reign as the king that God has made you to be, praise God, Hallelujah. And that's what, again, what we focused on last week. But again, that's really the, the theme of this series. And so uh, today, as I said, I want to talk more about this gift of righteousness and hopefully bring it out in a little bit, uh, bring out some more meat uh, of the word concerning that. Praise God. Let's go down here a little bit further in the same text. And let's look at this verse 19 again, because it says, for as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. Okay, now you, you can go back earlier in the chapter and it's going to talk about how that whole process happened. That how, you know, because of what Adam did, then it, it spread to all mankind. Okay, but you notice that it says because of what Adam did, because of his disobedience, everybody was made or became, in a sense, sin or sinners. Okay, that's what it's talking about. Okay, you were made a sinner, okay? So you were born with a sin nature based on what Adam did. Okay, now most, most Christians understand that to, to a degree, kind of get a hold of that. But then it said, but because of what Jesus did. Now look at this, okay? It says, so also by one man, talking about Jesus here, one man's obedience, many will be made righteous, okay? Or become righteous, okay? So the thing he's trying to bring out here is the same way you all became sinners. And in a sense, you did nothing in a sense. Now listen, please hear this. You did nothing to become a sinner. Now you've sinned, obviously. Okay, you've made mistakes, obviously. But when you were born, you were born with a sin nature because of something Adam did generations ago. Okay. So what, he, what they're trying to show you, okay, and this is the thing we're going to find today, that that same thing that kind of happened in, in, in a negative sense is what Jesus came along and reversed, okay, so that what he did then made you righteous, okay, brought you in a place of right standing with him, with rights and privileges, justified, amen, 
became the righteousness of God. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says that Jesus, talking about him, says, he who, he who knew no sin, he became sin. Okay, in other words, there was, a, there was this, great, uh, uh, this great transfer or change. See, he took upon himself sin. Now, most Christians have no problem agreeing with that. Okay, he who knew no sin became sin that that we might become or be made, depending on your translation here, be made the righteousness of God or become the righteousness of God. So in other words, based on what Jesus did, made you righteous, made you justified, made you in right standing with God. Okay, so that's the part a lot of people struggle with. See, it's about identity based on what Jesus did. And the word says all that you had to do for that is receive it. It's like the new birth. Uh, the word says you must be born again, but it's about you receiving it. Okay, so you received it. Then the word says you became a new creation in Christ based on a decision of just receiving it. Amen. The word says then, you know, goes on to talk about that old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to believe that, right? We're all that is past. Here we are, a new creation now. So he says that what Jesus did made you righteous. Okay, that's part of your identity. I'm the righteousness of God. So no longer does uh, things like condemnation, as we kind of read here a little bit ago, condemnation, guilt, shame, none of those things now can hold, uh, hold any kind of thing over you. Now, that's not saying we don't make mistakes. And like I said, we're going to kind of bring that out here. But the point is this, you first and foremost have to receive who he says you are in order for you to walk in who you are. See, if you struggle with the fact that you're the righteousness of God, you're always going to be straining to somehow or another, uh, you know, think you got to appease God or uh, somehow get accepted by God or, or remain accepted by God or remain, you know, in God's good favor or remain in God's uh, love or whatever it is that, that kind of goes through our heads sometimes. The, the whole thing is this, you got to reign as a king. Amen. And take your position by receiving what has been offered to you. And then take your position. Stop trying to earn something that's already been given to you. And the quicker you get a hold of that, the quicker then you walk in that power to overcome any other area of your life. That's why it's the basis and the foundation of power. All right? When you receive that, that's your start. That's why then it goes on. Uh, next verse or so here, and it says that, that grace reigns through righteousness, okay? Because righteousness made a way. And I believe I made this comment last week. I'll do it again before we kind of move into what we have here for you today, is that the whole plan, really the whole plan of redemption was about restoring fellowship with God and man is really what it came down to. Okay, so righteousness, okay, was offered, was given unto you. As you receive him as Lord, you're also receiving, okay, the price that he paid on your behalf. You're receiving, amen, what he's offered through that uh, new covenant, praise God. Amen. You're receiving the fact that you've been uh, buried with him. You have been, uh, you know, the word says that uh, I've been crucified with him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me who lives. 
and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have also been buried with him, the Scripture says, and we will read that today. Also been raised up together uh, with him, praise God also. So you have to also understand that you have to receive all that comes with that. All right? When you receive Christ, amen, Hallelujah. You receive that full package deal that comes with it, that redemption plan. And a big part of that is this thing called the gift of righteousness, which puts you in a place of right standing with God that no matter what's happened, no matter what's going on, you always have access to the Father because of the fact that you're the righteousness of God, because of that price that was paid. So now grace reigns through that, which means now if grace is that empowerment, that means that righteousness made a way for you to go into the Father at any given time, and that grace now is there, praise God, in abundance to now come upon your heart to be reflected in your life. And that's the cool thing about this redemption plan, praise God, that the Lord paid price for. What a blessing, amen. This is why to me this is such a powerful uh, teaching. To me, this is why it is the basis and foundation of power, praise God. This is how you can reign in life, praise the Lord. This is where it starts, amen. Oh, praise God. I just want to jump into this and, and you know, 100 mile an hour here. So anyway, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's go, um, let's go back to Romans 1. Romans 1. Now, some of these verses uh, last week, I, I just kind of, quickly touched them and then made a statement or two and moved on uh, because I had to kind of lay a little groundwork with the area of, of righteousness uh, in order for you to understand what it means to reign in righteousness as a king, okay? Um, but today I'm going to kind of go back to these references and kind of read through them, define a few things, give a little bit of understanding, okay? Because the idea is you need to receive the gift, literally, as it said there in chapter 5, the free gift of righteousness. Amen. See, it's not based on your doing. It's based, amen, on just receiving what he's done. All right. It's not about you doing. It's about you receiving or being. Okay. I could say that. And I think I might even said that last week. You being. In other words, so you have to understand that it's a part of your identity. And I, I'm going to say this again. A lot of times righteousness and holiness get mixed up a little bit. We kind of see them as the same thing when they're not. Okay, holiness is about actions. It is about your doing. It is about your lifestyle. It is about what's, what's coming out. In other words, um, righteousness is really about who you are. Now, you bear the fruits of righteousness, the Scripture says, which then shows you that people out and about can see that you, amen, you obviously believe that you are Amen, that individual. So you begin to bear the fruit of it. Amen. But never mix righteousness with holiness. Okay, righteousness is about your identity. Holiness is about how you conduct life, live life, walk this, lane, walk this thing out. Praise God. Hope that made sense. Praise the Lord. So chapter 1, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed. This is what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Okay. So in other words, the good news, that's all that means is the good news. I'm not ashamed of the good news. And I'm going to tell you right now, Pastor Jerry's not ashamed of the good news. Praise God. I don't mind talking the good news. Come on now. Now, I don't like it when we have to sit around and talk bad news. Amen. But I don't have any problem accepting the good news. Praise God. 
And I don't have any problem, uh, you know, sharing the good news with people. And that's what Paul's saying, okay? Because sometimes, you know, the word uh, gospel, uh, in fact, um, it, when it first got its, its mention, uh, the word gospel uh, really meant uh, too good to be true news. It's kind of how, it how, how that word was formed, okay? So it's, it's just too good to be true news. But the problem was it was true, and it was good, and it's, it is exactly what it is. It's good news for all mankind, amen. So he says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Even though it might be hard for people to chew on it at first or to grasp it at first, amen, doesn't make it any less real or any less true or any less good news that's available for you and me. So he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is, in other words, that gospel is the power of God. In other words, what we're talking about is that power of God unto salvation, the word soteria, uh, means total meal, total total deal package. You know, total meal deal is going to say, Amen. The total package: health, wholeness, preservation, uh, prosperity, uh, peace. All this stuff kind of wraps up in that word salvation. Okay, so for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone. Here we go. Who believes? Who believe it? Amen. Who have uh, who trust in it and 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 have confidence and assurance in it? Praise God. Who will accept it? Praise God. Will receive it? Praise God. Amen. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. In other words, for everybody. Praise God. For in it, in other words, in that gospel, right, the righteousness of God, Amen, is revealed. And this is what we're doing. Amen. We're revealing the righteousness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says from faith to faith. And it's talking about this progression. Amen. From faith, from one degree of, 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 of believing and confidence in and assurance in and reliance upon to the next degree of faith, uh, believing, reliance. In other words, this, this ought to be something that's, that's, that's progressing and growing and more and more of it opening up and being revealed to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it says, uh, here we go. So revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Here we go. The just shall live by faith. Now the word just again, is that same word, the righteous. You could just say the same thing. The righteous shall live by faith. Okay. All right. That's you. You're the just, the justified, the righteous. The, the, you're talking about the righteousness of God or the justification of God is for every believer who believes, praise God, who will grab it and receive it, praise God. Amen. So it's talking about this is how we live, man. We, we live, we, by faith, we accept this. We receive this. We don't sit here and try to earn it and try to somehow, you know, do enough good things to try to make it happen. He says you have to live by faith. You have to receive it by faith, praise God. In other words, I am the righteousness of God because he said I'm the righteousness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, as we brought out, I think we touched on briefly last week, there's, there's the righteousness of God, and the Scripture also talks about your own righteousness. And it is going to get touched on here. Um, the thing is this, your own righteousness has filthy rags. There's no doubt about it. If it's all about your strength and your ability and what you can do, uh, you're going to always come up short, okay? So we're not talking about you going to God in your righteousness. We're talking about going to God in, in, in His righteousness, amen? A big difference, praise God. That which He has been and, and, and offering to you, praise God. In other words, it's that, in a way, in a lot of ways, that's part of that great exchange, okay? He, he takes away yours and gives you His, okay? In fact, just about all through the whole new covenant, when you look at all the promises of the new covenant, that's kind of what it's about, 
He takes your name, He gives you His name. Amen. He takes your sickness and disease and gives you health and wholeness. He takes away your poverty and lack and gives you prosperity, every need being met, praise God. We can go on and on and on of this great uh, transition that happens, amen, because of the fact that you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Amen. So, amen. So I'm not ashamed of this, praise God. Paul wasn't ashamed of it. I don't need to be ashamed of it, praise God. So in it, in this message is the, is the, right, is the message or the revealing of the righteousness of God. So let's go to chapter 3 now, all right? Praise the Lord. Chapter 3, please. Verse uh, 21, and again, uh, I'm saying this, uh, man, it, sometimes it would almost just be better to just start with Romans 1 and just read all the way through it just to get everything, but I'm just kind of grabbing pieces of it here. Verse 21, hallelujah. In fact, let's see here. Let's see, yeah, verse 21 in chapter 3. I'm shift here a little bit. And verse, nine, or verse 21 says, but now the righteousness of God. There it is. So you notice every time you read, but now it updates, praise God. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law, okay? Apart from the law is revealed. Now, the law is about doing, doing things in your strength. Your, it's, about, it's about the doing of, okay? Um, so it's apart from the doing of, the part of your doing and performing, okay? And, that, and again, that's going to come up here a little bit more here. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, they talked about it, they prophesied about it, Amen. We even read a little bit of that last week. Amen. So they, they through, through the law and the prophets, they, this thing was talked about, was touched on, was, uh, you know, a little bit here and there. They could see little, little, little pieces of it uh, through, uh, through words of prophecy and different things and things that, that God spoke and said to them and showed them through Scripture. Little bits of this was, was unfolding, but the fullness of it didn't come till till our Lord and Savior came and paid a price. Amen. He talked about it, then paid a price. Amen. Rose from the dead and then offered it to everyone who will receive it. Praise God. And here we go. So it goes on. Uh, verse 22, even the righteousness of God. Here we go. Through faith, okay, not through your works, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And it says here to all and on all who believe. That's for everybody. OK. And it says there is no difference or no distinction. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter color, doesn't matter, uh, you know, education, doesn't matter uh, your financial status, doesn't matter your educational status, doesn't matter, uh, you know, male or female, boy or girl. I mean, what it's to all and on all who will believe it. The only uh, prerequisite that we have is you have to believe and receive. You have to, you have to accept it. Amen. So that's what faith, he says, you have to, by faith, grab hold of this. You got to do this by faith. You got you to say, I'll take that because he's offering that. And he says it's to anybody who wants it and it's free of charge. Amen. In other words, you know, I'll offer it to you free. Now, there was a price paid, obviously, but he's saying to you, I'm giving it unto you for free if you'll receive it. Amen. So to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all, here we go, have sinned and fallen short of the glory. He's letting it be known. Listen, everybody's. Uh, it, everybody has stumbled. Everybody's made mistakes. You know, a lot of times when, when that gets uh, quoted, um, sometimes people hang out there for all of sin and falling short of the glory. You notice that that particular sentence there uh, in verse 23 is not the beginning of a sentence and it's not the end of a sentence. It's right in the middle of a sentence. Okay, and that's just something to keep in mind. Okay, he's not focusing on the sin. He's not focusing on 
your, your, your uh, shortcomings, okay, or where you fell short of. He's, not, he's just saying, listen, everybody's a candidate for this. It doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter the mistakes that were made. He's letting it be known that everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's come up short one way or another, okay? Everybody has one way or another committed sin, okay? All right, did what they knew they shouldn't have done. That's what really sin just means, uh, the doing of something that you know you shouldn't do. That's really how it's, how it's really defined, okay? And so you knew you shouldn't have done that, you did that anyway. So that became sin. So everybody's done that one time or another. Yeah, I'm sure a whole lot more than one time. Anyway, the point is this, that's what he's bringing out. Being now, verse 24, still in the same sentence, he says, being justified freely by his grace, and like I said, more of that's going to come out next week, but being justified freely or made righteous freely by his grace, that divine influence, right, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And that's what we talked about just a few minutes ago. Through that redemption that's in Christ Jesus. In other words, the price that was paid, amen, for you and me. And it says, whom God set forth, as propitiation, which that word literally just means like a, a, a mercy seat or uh, to be reconciled. That's what that word kind of means there. Okay, by his blood, amen, key thing there, right? Blood was shed for you and me through faith. In other words, you still, you receive it through faith. Everything's going to be through you just believing it and receiving it. Believing it and receiving it. Not about trying to earn it. Not trying to somehow work for it but believing it and receiving it, praise God, all right? Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, uh, let's see, to demonstrate, uh, through faith, to demonstrate His righteousness, to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance or long-suffering, God has, here we go, passed over the sins that were previously committed. I'm going to come right back to that. To demonstrate at the present time His Righteous. You notice that again, every time you read that, it's updated. At the present time, okay, his righteousness, that he might be the just, that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. In fact, if you go into Romans 8, it brings it, makes it real clear that the enemy tries to accuse you tries to bring condemnation, tries to bring shame and guilt, trying to somehow belittle you, somehow bring you down because of your, your shortcomings. But he says he's the one that justifies. He's the one that paid a price for you. That no matter what the enemy says, and I'll just even throw this in, no matter what other people say, some people have a tendency uh, to, to judge and be critical and to cut and, 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 and hurt people with their words and say things. Come on now. But... He's the justifier. He's the one. See, we're talking about his righteousness. Okay, is being offered to you based on what he's done. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look up there. Now, it says in verse 25 again uh, that uh, because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Passed over the sins that were previously committed. Okay, so I want to say this with this statement here, that the cool thing about righteousness, when, you, when, his right, when you accept His righteousness, it's like, um, it's like it takes the wind out of the sails of, of sin's grip, okay? And then we're going to see that here in another text here. 
But uh, in fact, if you went through actually uh, Romans 6 and spent some time in Romans 6, you'll, see, you'll find out that sin has no dominion over you. What it brings out, it says because of the price that he paid, because of that same uh, that, that burial, burial and resurrection power because of, amen, that same life, amen. In other words, you died to sin, he says, and you come alive unto God based on your faith in what Jesus has done. So sin has no more grip or power over a believer because what we're talking about here is the basis and the foundation of power. And when you recognize who you are and receive who you are, praise God, hallelujah, you'll find that you, you, you're, all this striving that you did to try to overcome things and strive to get, you know, to, to eliminate sin or addictions or whatever it is, you'll find that if you will just receive who you are, you'll find that you tap the basis and the power, or pardon me, the basis and the foundation of power, hallelujah, that you can walk free from the grip of sin. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This is why it's such good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at this, okay? So, uh, anyway, um, what he did, in other words, righteousness. I'm just going to throw some statements out here real quick, okay? Uh, what he did was for the remission of sin, not the permission of sin. I'm going to bring that out because a lot of times you get on this, people get a little nervous thinking that we're, we're giving everybody a license to sin. That's not what we're doing. We're telling you the quickest way to get free from sin, quickest way to get free from problems, quickest way to get free from addictions, the quickest way to get free from that stuff the enemy holds over you, come on, is to receive who you are. When you receive who you are, you begin to walk in who you are. When you receive the fact that you're the righteousness of God, pretty soon you begin to bear the fruits of the righteousness of God. In other words, pretty soon all of a sudden it begins to change your life. Okay? And that's, that's why you have to, by faith, receive it. But what happens is we grow up in a society that we have to earn everything, okay? You know, work for this and work for that, and, and even people's love for the most part is, is, is a conditional love, okay? Uh, you know, we have to earn respect from everybody. We have to earn, uh, you know, any kind of, a, uh, you know, being accepted in, in any way, shape, or form, in any, in any kind of a crowd or group of people somehow or another. There's always some form of things that you have to do to somehow earn that, okay? But we're talking about in Christ, it's about receiving by faith. That's why it's a, that's the biggest challenge because we always feel we have to somehow earn it or somehow that thing we did wrong, okay, we, we have a tendency sometimes to believe more in the shame and the guilt and the condemnation the enemy throws at us than we will the, the forgiveness and the uh, mercy and the righteous, hallelujah, promise, amen, that he, that God throws us, we have a tendency sometimes to believe more in what the enemy says than what God says, okay, because of what we grow up in, because of our society, all right? And, but if you will just receive that abundance of grace and of that gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. All of a sudden, sin has no more hold on you. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're not about, you know, we're really not about excusing sin. We're not about condoning sin. We're not ignoring sin. Now, hang on here. But rather, we're, it's about defeating sin, okay? 
Are you with me? Okay. It's not about covering over sin in the sense we just, in the sense we covered over in the sense of, uh, you know, just, you know, like it, like it's nothing. But what we do is we overcome sin. Okay. That's what this whole thing about his righteousness is about. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I think I said that earlier. It's not about referring to the absence of sin or the giving a license to sin. Okay. But it's really about, praise God, receiving what he's done. Amen. Praise God in order to walk free from this. All right. So that's, I wanted to kind of bring that out, praise God. All right, let's go to uh, Romans. I think I'm going to do is go to Romans 10. Uh, I challenge you, though, to go when you get a chance, maybe, um, well, good night. I could just say read the whole book. But uh, chapter 6 talks a lot more about the fact that you're free from the grip of sin. Uh, you see a lot more of that in Romans 6, okay? And so, uh, you know, that's why it talks about you. sin has no dominion over you. It, it really don't, Okay. It has no more hold, no more sway in your life if you, if you actually receive who you are. Amen. And, and, and I'm just telling you, I mean, I can't even stress it enough. I know in my own life, okay, I struggled with things real early on. And, but when I found this out, it was like, no, it's like all the struggle left, all the stress left, all the straining left, all the struggle left, okay, in trying to be the child of God I'm called to be. I just received who I was. So then what I did, see, and I kind of, uh, you know, as I said, I think it was last week that, it, this is what was really the start of my intimate fellowship with God. You know, I would do maybe my normal prayer like any other Christian would do. You know, you'd have your, you know, now I lay me down to sleep prayer and my bless my food prayer and, and maybe, you know, gimme, 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 and my name's Timmy, you know, or whatever it is, you know. Uh, you know, we had our little list of things we wanted and needed or whatever, and that's kind of about the, the depth of our prayer life. But when I found out the fact that I am in right standing with him and I have access to him at any given time, then all of a sudden I found myself going there. And when I did, that divine influence would come upon me, that strength, that power, that grace of God would then come upon the core of my being, my heart, and then get reflected in my life. And all of a sudden I'm walking free from this and walking free from that. Now it's able to do this. I'm able to do that. My, my whole life in God began to grow and develop. My prayer life became more uh, fruitful and more productive, praise God, became more powerful. Amen. We can go on and on and on of all the things that happened just because of a, res uh, of a revelation of this thing called righteousness, this free gift of righteousness. Amen. And I began to reign in life, praise God, as a result of it. Verse 10, or probably chapter 10, verse 3 uh, says this, For they, talking about the children of Israel, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not then submitted or yielded, right, or surrendered to the righteousness of God, which is no different than a lot of children of God. Okay, it's no different. He's trying to show you. Now, if you backed up in chapter 9, uh, right here at the tail end here, I think it's like verse, uh, I want to say verse 32, and, he, and he's, he's kind of right in the middle of a statement, but he says, why? Because they did not seek it by faith. What? His righteousness, okay? But as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled, here we go, they, uh, they stumbled at the stumbling stone, all right? In other words, they, they couldn't grasp the fact that it wasn't about works. They thought it was through the works of the law that would get God's favor or, you know, that, that empowerment, and it wasn't. Amen. It was about receiving what Christ did. They didn't seek it by faith. And as a result of it, then you go back down to chapter 10. It says, because they were ignorant of God's righteousness, didn't understand it, they didn't get it. It said this, and seeking to establish their own righteousness then. 
And that's, that's what happens sometimes with children of God they, because they don't understand about His righteousness. So what they do, instead of, instead of getting a revelation of His ri- righteousness, we have a tendency then to just try to somehow through works, through trying to be better at this and be better at that and, and, and do this and do that and not do this and not do that, thinking by doing that, somehow or another was going to somehow justify us, okay, and somehow or another make us right, when all along, you can't do enough good to make you right. There ain't enough good deeds out there to do to make you right enough to stand before God. There ain't no way. So somewhere along the line, you have to say, you know, I can't, there's no way I can earn this and try to somehow work this enough to gain something here. I have to just by faith receive it. Amen. Receive his righteousness and put away my old right. See, if I'm, if I'm too busy out here trying to earn everything, then I'm seeking to establish my own righteousness. And that's what, the, that's what those children of Israel, uh, and, and of course this is Paul talking about that, the generation of the time that he's in, amen, because it was hard for them to accept the fact that Jesus said, here, I'm just offering it to you, take it. They're thinking, oh, now wait a minute, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that. See, they're thinking that they had to, you know, go after the works of the law to somehow get this right. And that was the problem they were having. Even some of the apostles were having a few little struggles with this. Okay, Paul had a great revelation here. And so what happened was they're sitting here still thinking, well, you still have to do this, you still have to do that, you still have this. And he says, now wait a minute, no, you have to receive what he's offering you. And when you do that, all the fruit of righteousness... All this walk of holiness becomes easier and easier. And if you will do this, praise God, you will find, praise God, amen, that all these other things begin to fall in line. You become the man or woman of God that you're called to be if you will just receive this, amen. And oh, hallelujah, praise God. That's what it's talking about here. In fact, uh, Philippians chapter 9, hallelujah. Let me go ahead and turn to that one. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Philippians 9. Oh, pardon me, Philippians 3, 9. I'm sorry, there we go. There ain't no Philippians 9. Philippians 3, 9 just says this, And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Okay? In other words, seeking the works of the law, trying to establish my own righteousness. That's not what we're talking about here. Okay, we're talking about his righteousness, right? It says, but that which is through faith, in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Just saying it again. In other words, we're not talking about your, we're not talking about you establishing your own righteousness. We're talking about you receiving his righteousness and becoming what he says you are, the righteousness of God. In other words, one standing or in right standing with him right now based on what Jesus did. And you just have to receive what Jesus did, praise God. Are you with me? I hope you're hearing this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, um, um, doing good, because I, I want to just say this, okay? I'm not saying that you, you can't do good, okay, obviously. Uh, but doing good really um, demonstrates righteousness, uh, not, uh, not uh, establishes it or determines it. Maybe that's a better way of saying it, not determines it, okay? So in other words, you doing good is not what determines the fact that uh, you're in right standing with God. It's the, it's the doing good just really, in a sense, uh, just brings out or demonstrates what's already happening on the inside. You have to kind of grab that. Now, I want to just say this. I'll close with this, okay, and um, let you go, and, uh, you know, and we'll talk some more about uh, some of this, uh, probably more about grace in the next, uh, next week. Um, but I want to just say this. You know, from the very get-go, when Adam fell, 
Um, Adam, uh, you know, he knew he did wrong. Okay, it was obvious. Okay, everything shifted and changed. It was it was like instantaneous. I mean, they 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 recognized things are different. Uh, and then he went and tried to stitch fig leaves to try to cover up. What's he covering up? Well, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, all that kind of mess. Well, Romans 8 says this, you know, in verse 1, it says that there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. And you read further on in the chapter, and the whole thing's talking about living this life, reigning in this life, amen, and not letting the devil put this stuff on you, amen. Now, later on, you know, that was that Genesis 3, and, and you get a little later on in Genesis 3, and, and you'll find where God covered them. Then it was threw away all that little, that little fig tree, fig leaf thing, okay, because that's really man's attempt to try to cover things you know, to lie about things, to think, make somehow fix things. Okay, that's, that's man's attempt, okay, covering up with, with figs, okay, fig leaves. But uh, what God did is God uh, sacrificed an animal, took uh, the, the pelt off that animal, and put that on man, okay, which blood was shed, just all of its typology, okay, types and shadows of things to come. But it's, what you're finding then, too, is that that covering that God gave them, okay, is like uh, the robe of righteousness the Scripture talks about, the breastplate of righteousness the Scripture talks about. The, even in, 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 uh, in, in uh, I believe it's Ephesians 4, it talks about putting on that new man that's, uh, that's, been, uh, that's like God in, in, in the righteousness of God. Amen. So it's, it's like... What you're doing is you're taking what God has offered and putting on. Even from the garden, we see types of that, okay? Because what we have a tendency to do, because we mess up and we make mistakes and we blow it, we have a tendency to go out and find a bunch of fig leaves and stitch it up and somehow cover up whatever. And, and that is not what we're called to do as a child of God. We're called to go before God, amen, receive what He's done for you, go before God, Amen, because of the fact that you're the righteousness of God and you have right standing with God at any given time, even though you made a mistake, you're better to run to God than to run from God. So you run to God and then get empowered by God, amen, by that grace, that divine influence upon your heart so it can be reflected in your life. The quickest way to become the child of God you're called to be is by receiving who God says you are, praise God. And if you will receive who God says you are, you can walk in who God says you are, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thankful for a people who had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Praise God, and I give you praise for it. Lord, thank you again, hallelujah, for the free gift of righteousness, for the abundance of grace that's being offered. We thank you for the price that was paid. We thankful, Lord God, hallelujah, that we have access to you at any given time. And for that, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.